I'm your host, John Chick, and today's episode of Locked On Rangers is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off of your first order. Today we've got part five of sports movie brackets with Gabrielle Starr of Locked On Red Sox and Javier Reyes of Locked On Padres. We are into the second round of the tournament. And we are going to be looking at the matchups in the eastern and western portions of the bracket for the second round in this episode. And if you'd like to reference the bracket, just jump on Twitter. Go to at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Again, it is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. The bracket is still the pinned tweet at the top of the page, so you should be able to find it pretty easily. And uh, a few stats from the first round. 64 movies, 32 matchups in the first round. We had 19 sweeps where Javi, Gabrielle, and myself all voted for the same movie. Uh, 13 matchups were decided by a 2-to-1 vote. I lost 6 of those. Gabrielle lost 4 of those. Javi lost 3 of those. And I would say of the whole first round that the toughest defeat for me was losing Friday Night Lights in the first round. That just seemed way too early to say goodbye to Friday Night Lights. But hey, majority rules. Gabrielle, Javier, they're both big fans of Glory Road. Glory Road's a good movie too. So good for Glory Road scoring the upset victory there. Uh, But I haven't had like a true heartbreaking loss, at least not yet. And Gabrielle experienced this when 42 lost to Bull Durham in in the first round. And spoiler alert here, Javier is about to experience a heartbreaking loss of his own here in round two. You will know it when you hear it. But yeah, without any further ado, part five of Sports Movie Brackets. Enjoy. All right, so we're back, everyone. We have made it to round two of the Sports Movie Brackets. We've got the first excuse me, the 16 seed any given Sunday up against the eight seed, the original longest yard. Uh, who wants to take this one first? Uh, I, I can, I can, I can start things off, John, if you don't mind, uh, because after all, this was probably the first movie that we did that caused a little bit of a ruckus, I guess yes. you could say for people that yeah, might suck it, Hoosiers. <laughs> yeah, Hoosiers. We mercilessly just destroyed it. Every we eviscerated it, excoriated it, whatever, just for an SAT word in there. Um, yeah. So I think, um, how do I put this? Well, first of all, it's it's pretty funny. Remember when this is supposed to be like, oh yeah, we'll, we'll we'll jump on a call. We'll finish like the first round. We'll do thirty minutes for that one, and then we spent like five hours on the full first round. So, yeah. <laughs> any given Sunday versus the the original longest yard. He, here's my take. I don't know if the microphone picked up my rubbing of the hands thing or whatever. Like I'm Elizabeth Warren. Um, oh, it did. I think that I got, got me. Okay, there you go. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think this one for me, just to my my end goal point. I think I don't. I didn't really like the original Longest Yard. Like I like the idea a lot. I love that it exists. It's one of those things where I appreciate it for sure that it exists. It is a unique type of story. Burt Reynolds. I think has the exact same face on his face, like the entire movie and the football game literally no joke is an hour long. So it's a little bit tough for me. So in that sense, as a movie, it's a little bit disjointed. The pacing isn't great for me. And 
and he gives it Sunday. It's just out of control. This movie yeah. is, it's just, we talked about it before when we were talking about it versus Hoosiers. And I just think that Pacino's just going for it. And like we said, like he just does the whole, this is his point of his career where he became like, there's a point in Al Pacino's career where he stopped becoming like the cool, calm type of actor, like the Michael Corleone and what have you. I mean, I guess, I guess he showed it a little bit in Scarface, but then this was one of those, the first times where it was like the Al Pacino thing. He's like, ah, <laughs> I don't know if that makes sense, but he, he started, becoming, he, just he, he feels like a time. lion. Yeah, he, he yeah. just yells all the time, like in heat, you know, and he, he's just like, ah, we just got made, you know, <laughs> like, it's just, I don't, I don't know what happened with him and his style. I'm still a fan of him. I love Al Pacino and even the yelling Al Pacino. And this is the first like movie where I feel like it's, it's like the, the, the peak. It might be the last like great Pacino performance per se. And I just like that the movie is, it doesn't subvert expectations necessarily, but it subverts kind of the idea of what the typical football movie is. It's very much supposed to be a, this is what it would be in real life. Or this is, these people are, it's literally a gladiator ring, right? It has all those homages to Troy and to, literally to gladiator. Like the, the editing in the movie is awful, by the way, but the, I get the message they're trying to send. Um, so for me, I just find any given Sunday, just it's more entertaining. I don't necessarily know that the idea is as fleshed out as it could have been. But it's kind of pressy in its own in its own way. So I'm gonna give it the edge over the original longest yard. Although shout out to that movie because it is definitely one of those ideas that um I don't know if we would do a football movie like that today. You know, I feel like we wouldn't yeah. it wouldn't get past the I don't know if that a movie about prison inmates starting a football team would necessarily get greenlit today. So but yeah, this is one of those movies that this is one of the matchups where I easily am going to vote for one of them. But I don't want to make make it sound like any sort of slight or total disrespect to uh, the other the opponent, which is uh, the longest yard. Um, Yeah, I got to also go for any given Sunday here. And I'm kind of in a unique spot with this matchup just because I actually voted against both of these movies in the first round. And now I'm watching this, and just to kind of continue to pile on this this screw Hoosiers bandwagon that we've had going on here, um, you guys were right because like I watched both. I, so I had seen uh, Hoosiers on any given Sunday in the past, and I felt like I didn't really need to see them again. I felt like Hoosiers was definitely better than any given Sunday, and I could vote for Hoosiers. Watching any given Sunday again, like you realize, like this movie in a lot of ways was kind of ahead of its time with all mm-hmm. like kind of the peek behind the curtain of what goes on in, in professional football with all the politicking, you know, like there's a scene where the owner and the offensive coordinator are kind of scheming against the coach. You've got these doctors trying to throw players back onto the field when they should not be playing football. You know, they have, you know, Lawrence Taylor's character has like eight concussions or whatever it is, like three concussions that season. And they're mm-hmm. like, Oh, it's fine. You know, you just got your bell rung. Just get back out there. And it, it's, it's messed up, man. But um, but yeah, that, and then you've just got the pure entertainment factor. You know, it's just a fun movie. We talked before about the alligator in the shower, the guy's <laughs> eye popping out, which is just ridiculous. I mean, it, it's football. It's football. Oh my god, it's ridiculous. It, it is. Didn't it's, we call it the football fo- version of The Hangover? Yeah, kind of, yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's football on drugs. And just one last thing I'll say about this, and I'll toss it to Gabrielle. Um, I like how it kind of portrays the media. Not so much that, like, they're terrible people or anything like that, but you've got that guy who I think plays Dr. Cox in Scrubs. I'm pretty sure it's the same guy. And mm. just the way he bandwagons everything. Like, like okay, mm. the team is losing, so Al Pacino sucks. He can't coach anymore. It's just, like, a hot take just for the sake of a hot take. Yeah. And then you have 
And then Jamie Foxx plays like one good half of football. And he's like, this guy is the future of this sport. And it's like, dude, <laughs> like, like it's just, they're just hot takes for the sake of hot takes, you know? So uh, Longest Yard, it's a good movie. And, and Javi, I think you were kind of, you kind of made this point as well. I feel like the idea of that movie is better than the actual execution, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's a cool concept, you know, uh, guards against prisoners. But yeah, I got to go any given Sunday. And to me, it's not really that close. But uh, Gabrielle, you're up. All right. I feel like we're just um, demolishing like classic movies in this section of the bracket. Like Hoosiers was a first like a first seed. And then it's also a first round exit. And I have to say, I hate to do it, but I'm also going to like second round exit longest yard in favor of any given Sunday, just because like, yes, Al Pacino has basically transformed into this guy who's just like kind of yelling and breathing weird in every movie he's in. Um, But it works for him. Like, you know what you're getting with him and what you're getting is still good acting. It's just like a very specific niche form of brand of like good acting. Um, because there are some guys like we've talked about, like how Adam Sandler, for example, he kind of plays the same guy in all of his movies where he's like a loud, boisterous, like quick tempered, like angry guy um, who like says inappropriate things all the time. And it's just that the settings of his movies change every single movie. But that doesn't always work. Whereas Al Pacino is pretty good in like most of his movies at doing the same thing in different settings, which I think is actually like an underrated form of acting where you can kind of make one, like one thing work across different Mm -hmm. themes. Um, And like, I'm just not super into, you know, like prison movies. I'm not super into football in general. Um, But like any given Sunday, like has so much going on in it that, it's like enough for me to enjoy watching it as opposed to longest yard. It's more like you said, like the football game is literally like an hour long and (laughs) I don't even want to watch like a real football game. So also yes, John C. McGinley, the guy who plays Dr. Cox from scrubs, one of my favorite actors of all time. He also plays the announcer. I'm just going to bring it up because it was a first round exit and I'm still upset about it. He plays the infamous um, announcer for the Dodgers who in the movie 42 which both of you broke my heart by sending away in the first round on the other side of the bracket so I'm just waiting for the payback yeah it's coming um but <laughs> you won't know when you won't know how but yeah so yeah. any given sunday just like the football version of the hangover and john c mcginley al pacino just like one of the greatest actors to ever exist um and that's my take yeah, man. Like, look, this is the UMBC of the bracket, the 16 seed. Who would have thought? Who yeah. would have thought? Shout out to any given Sunday. Any given and the, the final, <laughs> the final round is going to be any given Sunday versus Jerry Maguire, and no one's going to know why. <laughs> it was going to be like, uh, excuse me, <laughs> what just happened? I still follow UMBC on Twitter, so and I like don't even, you know, um, whatever. First 16 seed to ever make it this far of any bracket ever. I'm going to go ahead and say it. <laughs> meanwhile, meanwhile, poor Hoosiers, like first uh, first round exit, one seed. Just wanted to take a minute to let you guys know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Built Bar. It is the best tasting protein and energy bar that I have ever had. It's kind of hard to explain. You just have to experience it 
for yourself. It's got real chocolate, amazing flavors, and unlike a lot of other protein bars, energy bars, you don't need a gallon of water to get rid of that weird, funky aftertaste that sometimes comes with the other bars. It's just good, and it actually kind of tastes quite a bit like a candy bar. It has an amazing combination of low calories, high protein, and low sugar. There are no crazy additives, and if you compare it to the most popular men's bar, Cliff, it is half the calories, seven times fewer carbs, seven times fewer sugar grams, and more protein. How can it be that good and taste that good? I don't know. You just got to try it for yourself. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON to get $10 off of your first box at BuiltBar.com. Once again, use promo code LOCKEDON and get $10 off your first box at www.BuiltBar.com. Can I do Miracle? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. This is like super prevalent for me just because um, my boyfriend and I just rewatched the first season of True Detective. So I've had like Woody Harrelson mm-hmm. brain like all week and also nightmares oh. because I forgot I how terrifying. I forgot how creepy and terrifying that season was. Um, and then the show just went to hell. But the first season's really good. It's just like so disturbing. Um, Miracles, like I think we talked about this, that Miracle is kind of what we thought Hoosiers should be like. You know, the underdog mm-hmm. story with like the triumphant feel good ending. Um, but Miracle actually like achieved it. Or at least that's like how I felt when I was like, isn't Hoosiers supposed to be the basketball version of Miracle? And it just like was not that for me. I love Miracle so much. I've seen it probably a dozen times in my life, including in theaters when it came out. The fact that it's dedicated to Herb Brooks, just like I cry just at the dedication to Herb Brooks. Um I have to give it to Miracle over white men, not because white men can't jump. And I'm saying white men because that's how you wrote it in the bracket by hand. I need to clarify that for the listeners. I'm not just like calling it white men. It's that the bracket lines are really small. So John just wrote white men in hand, like by hand on a printed version. Hey, space I'm giving, you know, what are you going to do? Yeah. I don't know. Um, acronyms. So Yeah. White Men Can't Jump is a really good movie. The 90s like aesthetic is so great. And I love that so much, especially since I've been watching so much old like Michael Jordan footage and like 90s basketball footage lately. Um, But the problem for me is that the characters are just kind of frustrating in terms of like the relationship between Rosie Perez and Woody Harrelson just like they shouldn't be together. They're not a healthy relationship. And it frustrates me. Like it kind and it kind of takes kind of like we talk about with major league where like the female subplots kind of like detract Mm -hmm. from like the male, like sports focus of the main plot. I kind of feel that way about white men can't jump too, because the true focus is supposed to be the relationship between them. But instead it's his like girlfriend and him and like, them just not being a like healthy for each other so but with miracle it's just like a pure incredible underdog story and it's true and you just can't help but feel like super patriotic when you watch it which is i feel like especially right now where i'm just like wow everything in america is absolutely terrible miracle just does it for me miracle Mm -hmm. makes me not want to move out of this country and never come back because it's just such a flaming dumpster fire. Um, and that's takes, takes a lot for a movie to do that for me. Um, but yeah, so 
no disrespect to white men can't jump. It's just that this bracket's going to get more difficult, and I have to give it to Miracle. Javi, you want to go next? Look, man, let me tell you. First of all, you know, it, you know what they say. You can't. You can put a cat in an oven, but that don't make it a biscuit. As the wonderful Wesley said, it's Sydney. Oh, it's Sydney T. <laughs> I forgot it. Oh my god! I told. I was like, what? Uh, I totally forgot that for a second, and I was like, "What are you talking about? You put a cat in an <laughs> oven?" And I was like, "Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, that would have been an incredible way to, to out myself." Uh, yeah. There's look, I, I love the writing in this movie. You raise a, a bunch of great points, uh, especially um, with some of the relationships in that movie. I love the writing. What make can jump? And I must say though, Miracle, it's like I'm coming into this being like I'm this kid in high school, and I'm like I'm annoyed with all you. I don't want to get too political with it, but you certain types of kids who are like, dude, hockey's the best sport, man. Like soccer sucks. And I don't even like soccer that much, but whatever. And it's just it's some clearly uh, agenda based opinions and projections from kids in my grade in there. Cause we were good at hockey, I guess. Right. And I'm like, all right, hockey's fine. I'm like, wow. And then I watched this movie and by the end, I'm like, heck yeah, screw the Soviets. Let's do it. And I'm like, so ready to go play hockey. I'm ready to take my baseball bat and use it as a hockey puck for somehow. I know that won't actually work, but you get what I'm saying. Uh, it's just the, the energy you get from the end of that movie. Like the fact that if you do not like hockey, that you will come into that again, again. Like it's just everything about the movie is it's just it's it's like we said, it's basically Hoosiers, um, but hockey. And I imagine this is exactly the movie it took its inspiration from. And White Man Can't Jump. White Man Can't Jump, I'd say, is is definitely the more interesting to me of the two movies. It definitely has, I think, a little bit more to say. While and that, that's not necessarily make it a better movie, by the way, but I just find that the relationship between uh, Billy Hoyle and Sidney Dean to be just absolutely phenomenal. And I just, I love the tournament that they get into. I love that Billy Hoyle, Woody Harrelson is just a hustler. Uh, I've experienced that. I don't know if you two have ever experienced what it's like when you, when people find out that you're hustling them, not a great experience. Um, not at all. I do not recommend it. People get very, very frustrated when that happens. Um, not that I have, have uh, done that in basketball or whatever, but I just think that there's something about the movie that has a style to it. That's so, so attractive the 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 just the costume has the look of the movie the beaches the just the look of everything it's a really cool looking movie so i'm giving the i would say i mean i feel like we've said this every time we come across a new tough matchup but this is one of the tougher ones that i think i've made i don't have any problem if you guys go miracle in fact i kind of want you to go miracle in a way but i'm going white man can't jump just because the the style and the writing of that movie to me are they just age for the most part um except for like what you were saying with some of the female characters in that movie and rosie perez and all these type of things i think that the the base core of the movie ages remarkably well especially when you take into account that a lot of movies that try to handle topics like this of race and you know white and black and culture that they usually always turn out mm, not so great especially when they were made back then so i'm giving the edge to white man can't jump in this one but i understand the miracle thing miracle's great all right, uh, I'm gonna break the tie. I'm gonna go with Miracle, but I do like the fact that that, uh, that white. Thank men can't God, jump. I would have cried. I'm just putting it out there. You we guys, can't do Gabrielle again. Me There's again. no way. There's no way. She's like pouring her heart out about this movie, and we're gonna be like, yeah, Woody Harrelson and and, and Wesley Snipes hustling people. Um, you no, can't see, go that's... with like guys hustling people over like destroying exactly. communism and basically winning the Cold War. 
Hey man, Shea Serrano loves white man ketchup. That's the only person I did on my side. He he was that's his favorite sports movie ever. Shout out to Shea. Uh, yeah, you. I mean, Gabrielle, awesome, you basically you basically took the words out of my mouth. Uh, what it comes down to for me is Miracle. It's a movie about the greatest, probably the greatest uh, sports moment in this country's history. White Men mm. Can't Jump is about two somewhat shady characters hustling people on a basketball court. When you really, I mean, it's a fun movie. Don't get me wrong. I really do like White Men Can't Jump. Like I said, Javi, I'm glad you gave it a vote there. But I was going to mm-hmm. always have to go with Miracle here. Um, you know, again, it's just it's just a fantastic story. It, uh, it really never gets old no matter how many times you see it. Like, whether it's the movie or, like, a documentary about that 1980 uh, U.S. Olympic hockey team, like, it pulls me in every single time. And, like, if that's on TV and I just stumble across it, that's what I'm doing for however much time is left in the movie. You know, I'm, I'm probably not going to change the channel. So, yeah, I mean, I, I don't want to go on too long here, but I'm just going to go with Miracle to, to break the tie there. Yeah, I'm not I'm not too distraught by this one. Don't get me wrong. I, I right, have to admit, I hear you. When I see the last, like, few minutes, that's it. Do you believe in miracles? Oh, my God. It's, I'm like, oh, my God. I'm going to go play hockey, like, right now. Let's go. Let's do this. I don't care. Is it 80 degrees out? Yep. I don't care. I'll find a way. It, it kind of made Al Michaels, too. I mean, you look, it's like yeah. 40 years later now, and he's still doing Monday Night Football, and that's kind of where he, I wouldn't say, like, I mean, he, that's kind of his big break, so to speak. He had that mm-hmm. that whole thing to call. Obviously, there's great material to work with, but, uh, yeah. I find that interesting, too. All right. Oh, yeah. I think uh, Gabrielle's got this next one. <laughs> yeah, we got to let Gabrielle leave this <laughs> one off. Um, all right. So we've got number six, Space Jam, going up against number three, Raging Bull. Gabrielle, all you. I, I have a really bad feeling that I'm going to have my heart broken by this one because you guys are both going to vote for Raging Bull. And then I'm just going to go upstairs, find my Space Jam shirt, and put it on and cry. Um, I'm sorry. I... I know Raging Bull is an excellent movie. I cannot watch it again. It's just so unenjoyable. Like, it's an excellently made movie. But if you're going to ask me, would you rather watch Michael Jordan in his prime and a bunch of Looney Tunes and Bill Murray and Larry Bird with Danny DeVito as, like, a weird cartoon version of himself versus, like, a depressing like boxer movie with violence and domestic abuse. I'm going to, it's not really a choice. It's not really a question for me. Um, And I know that's not the, the brackets, not which would you rather watch, but like space jam is just like every nineties kid grew up watching space jam on their VHS player a billion times. Like it holds that nostalgic spot in my heart and raging bull is like that movie that you kind of, at least for me, you kind of feel like you have to see it because, you know, it's like a really good movie, like really well-made movie. But then you watch it and you feel like you've kind of been traumatized. Um, and so for me, I just can't, I can't vote for Raging Bull. I'm sorry. Like I, I can't, I have, to, I know it might not matter because it might be, I'm probably going to be outvoted two to one, but I have to at least not let Space Jam get swept in the second round of this bracket. All right. Uh, Javier, you want to go? Sure. So this is one of those uh, kind of ones to decide on that. It's it's such an inappropriate matchup. I mean, we're talking about little like Bugs Bunny and yeah, that's the, the other Tasmanian thing. This matchup Devil. is 
does yeah. not make any sense. <laughs> it's just it's and it's you know I don't want to necessarily blame the bracket because we've done that a lot, but it's just this is what happens. It's such an inappropriate matchup, and is why in a lot of ways why it's you can't compare movies so in a vacuum all the time. You know what I mean? Uh, Space Jam is trying to accomplish a thing thematically much different than something like Raging Bull. So it's so so regardless of who wins this, I, I want to just put my take on is that I both I think both these movies are excellent. I'm not as high on Space Jam necessarily as like this this all-timer that I rewatch constantly, but it definitely was something that I feel like it's it's ingrained in popular culture in a way. I feel like yes, the the idea, right? Michael Jordan and the Looney Tunes, yes. But it easily could have been handled in a way that's not too memorable. It could have just been done in a very, very, very kids movie way. While this is still a kids movie, I don't know how to explain that per se. But kids movies, they're not, they don't have memorable moments as much. This one, it do, it does have that. You have the monsters. You have the moment when he's he's a last. Uh, what I am forgetting the word. He's like stretching out for the hoop, right? You have Bill Murray popping up. There's just. There's kind of moments in this that perhaps you, you still I remember. can be of some assistance. <laughs> yes, it's just like iconic. Like there's just something about the movie that I feel like is is ingrained in pop culture. I think you could argue that uh, Raging Bull maybe you can see some of its influences in, especially boxing movies later, and kind of capturing that uh, rise and fall story so well. It's I love that it's in black and white, and all the acting is excellent. De Niro's fantastic, but it's. It's admittedly not necessarily this movie that you want to watch, but I feel like in general, there are movies that come out that the f- very fun concept, right? You know what I mean? There's, it's, it's a cool idea. There's, there's, there's movies like that that come out all the time, right? But I think there's something special about Space Jam's ability to still – I know that they have Michael Jordan in it, but I think there's something more to it. I think that there is a heart to that movie, and there is a unbelievable just appreciation for the fact that all of us collectively can acknowledge this is really cool that this even exists. And while that shouldn't decide anything, you know, movies shouldn't necessarily get points for just existing and having happened. Um, I feel like this is one of those, those rare cases where it's just awesome that this is a movie that moves. whoever came up with it, whoever pitched it to uh, Warner brothers at the time deserves a raise and what have you. And it's just, it's really been great. And I enjoyed the section on it in uh, the last dance. So I'm going space jam. Nothing against Raging Bull. It's fantastic. I just think that there's something about it that I can't quite put my finger on because it's been so long since I've seen it. While Raging Bull, this is just the ultimate. It's not a mismatch. That's not a way to put it. It's just a really weird clash. It's like putting up Dora the Explorer versus uh, um, uh, Naruto. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah, Stone Cold Steve Austin. There we go. That was a better one because at least <laughs> at least Naruto's like animation, right? It's like comparing those two things: Power Rangers versus the Lincoln Lore. Like it's it's really just completely doesn't make any sense. The dissonance between the two. I've been using a lot of SAT words today. Uh, between yeah. the two is just profound. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna go with Space Jam. Love oh, the heart I'm of the so movie, happy. and it's super wacky, so I appreciate it. Yeah, this this matchup is crazy because, you know, I'm just scouring the whole bracket right now, you know, looking at all 64 titles. I think this might be the darkest movie on the bracket against maybe the most lighthearted movie on the bracket. Yeah, certainly that case could be made. And I'm also going with Space Jam because you know, <gasps> and, and whether <laughs> whether guys, what, whether whether it should come down to this or not, it goes back to a little bit what Gabrielle was saying. Um if I'm just going to watch one of these movies and just actually enjoy it, it's going to be Space Jam and not Raging Bull. And, you know, there might be some film purists right now and people that really like Raging Bull and they're thinking like, oh, my God, you're really going to vote for Michael Jordan and Bugs Bunny over Robert <laughs> De Niro and Joe Pesci. And like, I get it. God you know, I mean, right. We are <laughs> exactly exactly. Um, 
Yeah, Raging Bull. I mean, the, the acting is fantastic. And, you know, on one hand, I do give them credit for, you know, going to the places that they go to in that movie because mm-hmm. they don't do it halfway. It really is a dark movie. There really are bad, bad people in it. So on one hand, um, I guess credit where it's due for, for having the guts to, to do that. But again, you know, if I'm going to just sit down here, you know, we're all stuck inside right now. If I'm just going to pop on one of these movies and actually enjoy it, it's Space Jam. And it's not even close. And, you know, it, it's very nostalgic for me. You know, I saw this movie in the theaters. Again, that's that's not why it won. But I don't know. Space Jam, it's just one of those movies that feels like it's always just kind of been with me. So, wow, Space Jam just swept Raging Bull. How about that? Yeah, how about that? It's just, it's just one of those matchups where I really – I want to stress, I don't think there's – this is an indictment. This isn't something where I'm saying Space Jam is better. I just think there's something yeah. about there's something more to it sometimes when it comes to deciding brackets like this, right? There's something yeah. more to deciding that movies are better. Sometimes it's just about like there's just something about it. You know what I mean? I don't know what I can't quite put my finger on it. I had this kind of moment when I was talking about for the love of the game. It's just it's just this movie that's got such a bright look to it. And shout out to the fact that the website is still up. <laughs> the original is it website. Really? Yeah, Dude, the original like on. Flash, like Adobe Flash. I don't even know what to call it. Uh, website yeah. is still up for it. It's amazing. It's like get your tickets here. It's like the little cheesy like soundbite animation when you're hovering over one of the spaceships. It's amazing. It's it's truly, and it's probably intentional. So shout out to those people. I'm looking at it right now. This is amazing. Yeah, I'm definitely gonna like when we're <laughs> so done 90. here. I'm definitely gonna surf this whole website. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. All right. Uh, also Guys, there, that we... totally makes up for 42. Thank you. <laughs> well, almost, till... almost, but not just... only did Space Jam win, it swept. Yeah. Just wait till it wins the whole thing here and everybody just, you know, <laughs> stops listening to our podcast. <laughs> Space Jam versus Jerry Maguire. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. We got uh, to close out the second round of the Eastern portion of the bracket. We've got the 10 seed Rocky 2 up against Major League. Um, I guess I'll lead this one off. I don't think I've gone first yet. Um, yeah, this one was a lot closer than I, maybe I thought it would be for whatever reason. I think over the years, Rocky two has just kind of gotten lost in the shuffle for me. And I, I don't know why that mm-hmm. is, but watching it again, it's, it's great. And it, it's a perfect sequel to an all time classic. I, I really do think it is. Um, you know, there's, there's less boxing in Rocky two than maybe any other Rocky movie, but I don't think that's to the film's detriment at all. It's more about Rocky and all the trials and tribulations that he's going through. Uh, there's a lot more with his personal life. You know, Adrian is pregnant and there's complications during the childbirth and she's in a coma for a while. So he's going through all that. And, you know, he's wrestling with this idea, you know, should I go back to boxing or, you know, should I just, you know, just work basically a Joe job? And he ends up, you know, he wants to go back, but he doesn't really have Adrian's blessing. And then when she comes out of the coma, um, you know, she says, Go, go fight that fight and go win. And you can just see it in his face. The light switch just goes just goes on for Rocky. And all of a sudden, his heart's back in it. Because he was kind of training mm-hmm. half-heartedly, which I don't think he can do for boxing. Mm-hmm. You know, you're either all in or you're all out. Um, right. So I just really, it's a great dynamic, you know. And then you get the, the montage, of course. You get the music. And you get an awesome fight with Apollo Creed. Uh, having said all that, though, I mean, Major League, to me, it's just a movie that's hilarious. I mean, it really just comes down to that. There's so many great performances in it. Uh, there's great baseball action in it as well. Um, you know, we've talked about the cinematography of, of some of these movies. And, you know, for a movie that was made in the 80s, you know, makes you feel like you're down there on the field with them. So, I mean, I'm still going to go Major League, but this was closer than I thought it would be. Rocky Two hangs with Major League for a while. Major League pulls away late for me. And, uh, you know, one of the one of the early favorites, I think, Major League is going to stay stay in the bracket, at least for me. But uh, I'll let you guys figure it out. 
I'll put, I'll put my two cents in, I guess, uh, right now. Let me tell you, this is, this is uh, again, this is what's so fun about the brackets. Matchups are actually getting harder now. Um, yeah. I think this may show my bias, but Major League, to me, uh, well, I do, I do like the movie. And Charlie Sheen, I can't stress enough how unexpectedly, when I first saw this, how funny he was. I could not, I just couldn't take it. It was annoying how funny, funny he was just looking at the screen like he was a wild animal. Exactly. You know, and see what I And Rocky 2, though, Rocky 2 got me emotional. And I did not expect it, especially because I wasn't a big, big Rocky person growing up. I was like, whatever, like, here we go. Like, I'm around people. Oh, it's, it's, this is the great white hope story, right? This is, that's not what some people sometimes criticize the movie of being. But to me, when I'm older, which is what's so ironic about it, is that when I'm older, I'm like, it's just, it's a, it's a battle of class. It's a battle of blue collar, white collar to a degree. And just this, it's the premier underdog story. And it started all inspired a generation. And there's something, you know, and what's, it's funny how, like, despite how I learn more about the real world and despite how much more I understand about how things work and politics and current events and jobs or what have you, right? There's something about how I enjoy more, believe it or not, stories that are unapologetically about heart and they're cheesy and they're about this and superheroes or what have you, right? And Rocky is more effective these days. It's some little, some, some loser who, who is on top of the world. And Rocky II captures that. And I've talked about the last time when we talked about Rocky II, the scene where he, he's just having trouble learning how to read and really heightening that whole thing about like, this is a class thing. You know what I mean? He never, he doesn't have that, he never had that access. You know what I mean? He, he's not educated enough to understand that. But it's like not done in a way where he he's not a mean person. This isn't some like, strictly speaking thug rocky balboa you know he's like having trouble reading and just how mean everyone is to him about it just you know just trying to make money that they don't care about the human that you're like kind of subjecting this to i really love that scene and i love the there's a genuine well i don't know if the actress is very good that plays his wife i don't know if she's great (laughs) Um, i'll just leave it at that but there's just something about how he's like no i'm not training like i'm just going to be at the church this whole time and i just this is my thing you know what i mean i'm I'm not abandoning her. There's something about that. There's there's a while he may not have the the raw intelligence, whatever that even means these days. I feel like we misconstrue what intelligence actually means these days, but he may not have that, but he makes up for it in this that heart of gold. And then I love when she's like, you know, win, you know, like that's what I want you to do. And then he starts training. Then the music comes back. And I like that in this movie, unlike the first when he's doing the running thing, he's kind of by himself and people wave to him and whatnot. But nobody's with him there's like it's just some some stupid schmuck he's gonna get his his butt kicked by this apollo creed guy right and then all of a sudden the sequel they should they have the stuff and like i said there's something about the cheesiness of it and maybe you guys ever people will call me soft for saying this but i really liked it and i like that at the end he's doing the sprint and this time there are people behind him you know unlike the first movie that kind of um dichotomy there is something that i just thought was really effective maybe the whole movie as a whole is a little bit slower um, which is says a lot considering the first Rocky movie is, is a bit slow. Maybe it's not paced as well, maybe not as written as well, but I just feel like those those three sentiments that I've kind of come across there, the two scenes specifically, um, I'm actually voting Rocky too for this one. Right. I just think that it uh I just think that for being a sequel to probably the most one of the most iconic movies ever that still has influences on underdog stories of all ilk from I guarantee from whatever it is. It could be about sports, it could be about 
some person trying to be a lawyer. It could be, I don't know what my thing is with lawyers today, uh, or it could be an anime, whatever, right? There's something about that movie's impact on the underdog story that um, I feel like Rocky too. the fact that it followed it up. And it, I, I agree with you. I think it got lost a little bit uh, in the fact that there was like eight more sequels to this franchise. You know what I mean? I think that Rocky gets for Rocky two gets forgotten a little bit just because it doesn't have necessarily as exciting and maybe over the top moments as much as the other ones do. So yeah, yeah. vote goes to Rocky too. All right. Gabrielle. Okay. So <laughs> I, I feel like you guys can guess how I'm going to vote here, but um, I'm the tiebreaker. So I'm going major league just because I mean, look, it's going to get harder as we go down the bracket, um, as we narrow it down. And Rocky Two is the rare sequel that isn't an absolute like disaster where you just wonder why someone even decided to make this movie in the first place. Like Rocky Two is a good movie. That being said, Major League is like one of the greatest baseball movies ever. Um, and honestly, like it's kind of it's in the grand scheme of things, there aren't that many great baseball movies like you have the sandlot um you have fields of dreams which like as we've discussed is not i think they have it on this practice of one seed but it's not i don't Mm -hmm. think any of us thought it should be a one seed like it's kind of a debated movie in terms of like is it as good as people think it is um and some people really hate it major league is a great underdog movie and it's hilarious charlie sheen is excellent in it like the cast is just really great um and aside from like we've talked about at length the whole female aspect of that movie being just like really annoying and gross and not okay um as if like in the late 80s it was okay to just like stalk women and people called it romantic but um though to be fair my dad asked my mom out like for a year before she said yes so (laughs) who knows um major league is just like a good movie it's a really good movie and rocky 2 is also but there's just something about major league where like i can watch it over and over and over again and um it's just like it whole it the whole underdog baseball thing of like players versus owners especially right now with like the bait like the mlb owners trying to like screw the players over it's just such a like the baseball aspect of it really holds up. Um, and you can't say that for, you know, a lot of things that are, you know, three decades old at this point, um, including like the romantic aspects of this movie. But the the underdog, like, you know, scrappy comeback story, it just gets me. Um, and it's no disrespect to Rocky too. Again, it's just... I get to choose. And so I'm choosing major league. <laughs> yeah. All right. I tried, man. Today I'm actually taking L's for once. We should do that. We should count up somehow. If we do like a, I've, I've advanced, been keeping track. I know. Yeah. Exactly like who's, who's for what and all that. Yeah. Like who's won there. Like every time we've done a, a matchup, like who has been on the losing side the most. I don't know. It's been outnumbered. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. For sure. Um, all right. Let's move on to the West. Then we've got the top seeded Rocky. Taking on the number eight seed rookie of the year. Uh, anyone who wants to grab this one, go for it. Uh, I mean, I just did a whole dissertation essay on Rocky too. So I guess I'll just continue follow that up and talk about <laughs> Rocky, the first movie. Um, I don't really have much more to add other than what I just said, which is just premier underdog story. 
Sly is great. I think people forget sometimes uh, Sly Stone's a great writer. Like I, I think people forget sometimes, like just because of the characters he plays, like he he nailed like the writing of that movie. And I just think that it's actually an underrated aspect of Rocky and the Rocky movies in general, especially the first two, in my opinion, um, as a writer. And I don't know. It's just it's so funny how the, uh, despite the the more I realize what the world is all about that and more hardened I become to the world, uh, the more I'm more appreciative of stories like this stories of optimism and, and hope in a lot of ways while rookie of the year like i said saw it a long long time ago it was fine it's a cute movie uh but rocky's just kind of timeless and it'd be borderline sports movie malpractice to vote rookie of the year over rocky unless you guys do that which is fine it's your opinion but that's just <laughs> my take on it so yeah i'm going rocky yeah i mean i gotta go rocky you know we're not yet at the point where i feel like i have to rewatch rocky eventually you know, the farther you go in this, these brackets, the more difficult the matchups are going to get. But Rocky against We Are Marshall in the first round, I mean, that's got to be Rocky. And Rock, Rocky up against Rookie of the Year here, that's got to be Rocky as well. Um, big shout out to Rookie of the Year, though, first of all, for taking out uh, Million Dollar Baby. So we don't have to talk about that horribly depressing movie anymore. <laughs> and again, not a bad movie at all, but just, just wholly depressing. And so I'm glad that Rookie of the Year won there. Uh, it's a lot of fun. I've always kind of preferred Little Big League because you don't have to suspend your disbelief as much for Little Big League as you do with Rookie of the Year. They're obviously similar movies. But, I mean, Rocky, I mean, it's an all-time classic. And look at all these sequels that it spawned that are all over this bracket. I mean, I think there's like five different Rocky movies on here if you include Creed. So, yeah, I mean, I, there, there's no way I can go against Rocky. I mean, I don't, I don't really think that much really needs to be said. It, it's gritty. It's just an out-of-nowhere classic. And, you know, again, at a certain point, I'm going to have to rewatch it because these matchups are going to get tougher and tougher. But Rocky against Rookie of the Year, I mean, it, it's got to be Rocky, I think. But, uh, Gabrielle, you're up next. All right. I hate to do this to Rookie of the Year, but there's really no way that you can kind of... I mean, Rocky is one of those movies that's just kind of going to bulldoze anything in its path just because it's so excellent. Um, it's just like an unfortunate... Rookie of the year is just like an unfortunate casualty of uh, the glory, tr the like the amazingness that is Rocky. Um, and like you guys said, no disrespect to Rookie of the Year. It's a really sweet movie. It's, and it's got Brickma in it, who's like hilarious and also the director and also one of the thieves from Home Alone. But Rocky is just such a good movie. And like you can't, I mean. Yeah, I think... Also, also with Rocky, like, and you guys can weigh in here too. You look at the the four one seeds on this bracket. To me, like, this is the one that feels like a true powerhouse number one seed that's just going to steamroll anything in its way. I mean, do you guys get that as well? Yeah. Mm. I mean, we know it's not Hoosiers, but the other two are <laughs> still in contention at least. Um, yeah, I, the, it definitely, and, and as it should be, as it should be. I mean, there's no doubt that. Rocky is probably the truest sense of a one seed, probably out of all the ones on this bracket, or at least one of the truest one seeds. All right, we'll move on. We've got uh, the number number five, the natural up against uh, number four, Brian Sung. Ooh, this is a tough one. Um, yeah, these are both good movies. I could do this one. I think it's about my turn anyway. Okay. Um, so yeah, I think, uh, so I actually voted against the natural in the first round. I went with Coach Carter. I do like the natural though. Uh, Brian Song saw it for the first time. Really short movie, you know, for something that I think could, and we mentioned this the last time, you could even have like a, maybe a little bit of a mini series about it. But Javi, this is something you mentioned the last time is that 
it works in a lot of ways, but it, one of the ways that it works is it's simplicity. You know, they're just friends. And mm-hmm. it really is just a sad story to see this happening to your friend if you're Gail Sayers. And there's just not really anything you can do about it other than just be there for him. Uh, it really is a tearjerker. And The Natural's cool. And we talked about how there's like some of those supernatural elements that, that come with it. But yeah, man, Brian's song, there's just something about that movie. It's just got a lot of heart. And as much as I would like to see it made into a miniseries one day, uh, it works as even just kind of a short movie. So I'm not going to go too long here. I'm just going to give a little bit of an edge to Brian's song. Hey, man, and you know how I feel about that. I'm glad you said that. It's true. There's there's something about how and also this in Brian's song a little bit was kind of an accidental almost masterpiece in a way, because it was just supposed to be this like cable movie you know not necessarily it wasn't like a theater release that's what's so interesting about it on top of that and it launches the careers of james Kahn and and um uh, billy d williams so much and i just there's i couldn't believe i was like a sobbing mess after this movie i ain't afraid to admit it uh i was just a mess and i did not expect that the natural natural is 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 quite good some things don't age perfectly well I know Gabrielle definitely likes the thing with clearly him showing up babe, a, a Babe Ruth type character at the beginning. I like that. I like the mythological ing, mythological ing of baseball that this kind of movie does. But in the end, I, I'm I'm going Brian's song. Is this recency bias? Maybe. But I also did see The Natural for the first time like a year ago, and it did give me one of the great shocks of my life because I did not know. Spoiler alert, I guess, that Roy Hobbs gets shot at the beginning. Uh, I had no idea. I didn't look yeah. up the synopsis or anything. So I jumped out of my bed in shock. So shout out to The Natural for giving me that. Watching old movies that aren't like super synonymous with all of pop culture and super like super duper nuclear famous. It's really fun because it's easier to go into them blind. But anyway, uh, Brian's song is just um, it's just so touching. And I just I couldn't I just couldn't like breathe practically after finishing that movie. And I never thought that that type of story would be handled so well as I think it was in that movie. Uh, and then the natural got to give it credit, like the performances and whatnot, but some things don't age well. Why I feel like Brian's song is just one of those things that you can see, even if you're not a sports fan, you know, I feel like even though uh, it's, it's football for sure, but it's really more just about two friends, uh, black, white. And while the natural is a little bit more reliant on you caring about baseball to a degree. I'm sure you guys are going to be shocked, but I'm also going Brian's song just Mm. because it's so beautiful. Um, Heart-wrenching, heartbreaking, um, true story. But yeah, it's just, I mean, Brian's song is like one of those movies. It's hard to watch, but like in a beautiful way. And as opposed to Million Dollar Baby, which is just flat out hard to watch and like you shouldn't watch it. Um, (laughs) I really like the natural. It's honestly not one of my favorite movies. I've seen it maybe two or three times. And I mean, I love Robert Redford. Like all of the president's men is one of my favorite movies of all time. I love the sting. He's an incredible, incredible actor. He's also really good as like the creepy guy in uh, the captain America movie. But It's just, I mean, The Natural is like a really good movie. It's just not something that I, like, maybe it's a generational thing, but Brian's song kind of is just like a story that I think it's kind of timeless. Um, 
not yeah. not the like racial thing. Hopefully mm -hmm. we're just kind of getting better about that as a country, even though apparently <laughs> in 2020, that's still a really yeah. bad part of this country's uh, fabric. But just, you know, beautiful friendships, um, heartbreaking losses, like stuff like that is transcendent of time and place. And The Natural is like, you know, it's a great baseball movie, but it's. I just like I don't really think they're on the same level. Yeah, that's that's another thing about Brian's song, too, is like, you know, you have obviously part of the plot is, you know, they're rooming together and it's like you have a mm -hmm. black player and a white player rooming together. I don't even really like hone in on that because it's like it, it's obviously a different time. And to me, it's just like it's two guys rooming together. Like, who cares? Right. Like, but mm -hmm. I mean, at the time that that was a big deal. So, I mean, you know, that, that was the first time that that had ever happened in football, I think. Mm hmm. So there's that whole aspect as well. I, I think, you know, if, if they ever did make a mini series, you know, that's maybe something they could dive into a little bit deeper there as well. But uh, was that a sweep for Brian's song? That was a sweep. Wow. Would you right, look at Brian's... that? It's already getting more difficult. Um, Speaking of which, this next one. Oh, I actually don't. I don't know how difficult mm -hmm. I find this one. Really? All right. All right. Well, mm. yeah, I don't find anyone... this one too difficult either. I had to watch both of these again. It's it's eleven seed bad news mm. bears and number three karate kid, um, and I guess I guess I'll go first. I think uh, I think it might be my turn. I don't know, but uh, yeah. So like both these movies a lot. Haven't seen them in a really long time. Kind of went back and forth as far as uh, you know which one I was gonna pick. What it ultimately came down to for me is I find it easier to root for the kids on the bad news bears than I do to root for Danielson, and so that's why I'm gonna go for bad news bears in this one. Um, I also wonder, because we talked the last time about how, like, you know, Daniel, not that he deserves to be, like, tortured and beaten to a pulp by these kids every day, but how he kind of, like, brings at least a little bit of it on himself. I just wonder, like, if the director of that movie, if they did that on purpose, if it, if the movie's, like, self-aware and realizes, like, okay, Daniel son is kind of, like, acting like a punk here. Like, it, it's understandable he would at least, like, draw the ear of, like, you know, certain people in his new town. Um, but Bad News Bears, I, I just really like it. You know, Walter Matthau is absolutely fantastic in it. Um, there are some things that don't age well. Uh, Tanner says some horrible things early in that movie. Um, but I, the thing I love about the Tanner character, though, is like, obviously, he kind of has like Napoleon complex. Um, mm -hmm. But and, you know, he's, he's not always the nicest teammate ever. But as soon as somebody on like another team tries to mess with with one of his teammates, he's he's there like to to fight them basically like you see him stand up for lupus early in the movie when, when the yankees were picking on him and then later in the movie like before the championship game uh him and amanda are like ha are like fighting before the game starts but then she gets spiked and he finds the guy who did it and kicks him below the belt which is hilarious um and then i, I think the movie has heart as well because you see like uh you know they, they lose the first game horribly they just get absolutely destroyed And the one kid, like, oh, I don't deserve to wear this uniform. I mean, he really takes it hard, and you really feel for him. And like I said, you know, I, I find myself rooting for the Bad News Bears in this more than I root for Daniel's son. And there's that scene also where, you know, that a-hole coach for the Yankees, you know, hits his own kid on the mound. And then Engelberger, mm -hmm. he, ground, he grounds the ball back to him, and the pitcher refuses to throw the ball. He just hangs onto the mm -hmm. ball and lets mm -hmm. Engelberg run around the bases, which Like, obviously, that scene's kind of messed up with the dad, but it's also hilarious that that's, of course, that's the way the Bad News Bears would tie the game, right? That's how they would <laughs> they would tie up a championship game. So, I don't know. Bad News Bears, it just works for me. I, I think it's, uh, 
you know, there's some jokes that don't age well, but I got to go bad news bears here over Daniel son and company. So I'll toss it to you guys. Yeah. Um, what is there to say, man? Hmm. Let me see. Uh, yeah, I'm going to the karate kid on this one. I don't really, but I have to admit, John, I must admit, but I don't want to sound too mean. I don't want to be too snarky about it. You, you talk me into it. I did forget some of the nice moments of bad news bears just a little bit. You know, I did, I did forget that it's, it's like, yeah, of course that's how they tied the game. And of course they're not going to be like, they're going to almost pull a Detroit Pistons on them at the end and refuse to shake their hands. Right. I, I like that part of the movie and I like it's, it's, I really found when I saw it for the first time, I thought genuinely, I don't know why, but the montage of how awful they were at baseball just I thought was hilarious because I genuinely <laughs> feel like we've all seen kids who that's how they like play like it's bouncing off and that like waddle you do where you're just like trying to catch the ball <laughs> in the outfield like there's something about it that captured like oh yeah these kids they're trash like they are not good <laughs> um so I really appreciated that part of it but hey man you know what they say you try to be best because you're only a man and a man's got to learn to take it you're the best around the karate kid is just too there's too much um about the movie there's too much too many sentiments about the movie to me great point about daniel son i actually think i think that the uh the point of the movie was to have a main character who's a brat kid yeah i think that that's what they were trying to do maybe they overdid it a little bit to make it where it's like you rewatching and you're like i mean come on man like can you wait a little bit to understand the social hierarchy here can you wait like a day like a day, maybe a week. Can we give it a an week hour before you an start? Hour? Yeah. Before you start being like, hey, hey, it's me. I'm Dan. Yeah, I know karate. Hey, let me take you out sometime. It's like give it a week. Come on. Like, I, you know what I mean? You have all the goods. You have the potential, but don't you know try and play in shotgun every single play of, the, of your playbook. You know what I mean? Like learn a little bit. Um, but I do just. I think it's about Mr. Miyagi. I think it's about the teachings. I think it's about how he says the thing. It's like no bad student, only bad teacher. I think that that's a, a great like line, really great sentiment there. I think yeah. that it's about the the way of Miyagi. It's being like, no, this isn't the way. This is this violent, no mercy way is not the way of of life and whatnot. It's, it shouldn't be, at least. And it's just that last 30 minutes, man. Have a confession. Ever since we started talking about this movie for the first time, I may or may not have had a couple days, maybe like seven days, I'd say, in total, where I just pull up that clip on YouTube and have a jam session in my room. I may or may not. I'm not confirming it. I'm not saying for sure that's what I've done, but I'm just saying it, there's rumors. There's rumors, John. You know what I'm saying? So I'm going with the Karate Kid here. I just think that the 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 main things about it are timeless, even though Daniel Sun is objectively, I I think objectively at this point, kind of he's just a brat. And Johnny Lawrence, I'm not saying you were the good guy. I'm not doing that whole like Killmonger was right like thing where that people did with Black Panther, where it's like. He was 100% uh, in the clear. We should have a whole Black Panther episode. <laughs> oh, we should. I, I'd love to talk about Black Panther. Not a sports movie, but... Not um, a sports movie. No, no not at all. We'll but, do a side project. Yeah, we'll side do a side project. project. I'll, fig- yeah. I'll figure out some kooky way to make it uh, Padres or Red Sox or Rangers or whatever. You know, it's just yeah. to tie it. But I just Someone's think that the... Someone's wearing a baseball cap in one scene, guys. It's yeah, 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 yeah. There yeah. it is. <laughs> there movie. we go. Yeah. There we go. That's all you need. Um... And yeah, I just think that the, it's 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 just so good, man. And I just love everything about it. And the mom is the most likable person, honestly, next to Miyagi in the entire movie. She's great. She's just so yeah. supportive. I love Daniel Sun's mother. I forgot her name right now, but she's the best. She's so supportive. It's so great. I love her so much. Uh, and shout out Elizabeth Shue. Shout out the guy who plays the Cobra Kai 
um, dude, it, just all time limited scenes, but memorable performance guy. I mean, who doesn't know the sweep the leg or the no mercy? Like, it's amazing what he did with how few scenes he had. So, yeah, Karate Kid, wrap it up real quick there. Okay, I'm ready. So, I think, <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like, once we started talking about it, it's kind of like, you know how we've convinced ourselves of other things? We've, like, talked ourselves into saying that two yeah, completely yeah. different things are, are the same. I think that what it really comes down to for this matchup is Walter Matthau versus Mr. Miyagi, um, Pat Morita, because you have mm. these two incredible mentor characters, and that's basically what the movies are about. The kids are a lot cuter and easier to root for in Bad News Bears. Um, I think it's also kind of the mark of like becoming an adult that you find Danielson to be kind of a brat. Um, like, you know, or like when you're watching a TV show that you watched when you were a kid, but you're rewatching it and realizing that um, actually the parents make a lot of sense and the kids are the ones that are being assholes um, kind of shows you like how you've grown up. But I still have to give it to, oh God, this is so hard. I, <laughs> I still feel like I have to give it to Karate Kid because of Mr. Miyagi. Um, like, I wish I could give it to Mr. Miyagi and not give it to Karate Kid. <laughs> um, just because, like, he is really an annoying character where he just, like, shows up in a new like in a new place from the other side of the country and just like thinks that he can like do whatever he wants and whatever. Mm. Um, though on the same time, at the same time, like tiny little bit of like anarchist, like rebel in me being like, well, like why does he have to learn the hierarchy? Like, why can't he just live his life and like, you know, do whatever, like you have to fit in, you have to conform, you have to like let this like, guy walk all over you like the cobra kai guys are still you know (laughs) it's like like none of them okay you know what screw it bad news bears oh Oh my god i I can't do it i can't vote for danielson i'm sorry like and it kills me because i really love ralph macchio like i love him in my cousin Vinny. he had a great stint as a guest star on psych um like he was great and ugly, Betty. Like, love Ralph Macchio. Love Pat Morita as Mr. Miyagi. I can't, but I can't do it. I just can't do it. So, no. bad news bears. Wow. That's no. crazy. We got a, we got a triple know, overtime thriller. I there. hope you guys get feedback for this on Squitter. I will be in the background cheering for this. <laughs> How dare you? This is preposterous. I don't know, man. People like bad news bears. I don't think we're going to catch too much heat for this one. Yeah. S a nine, S a ten, S eleven. This is insanity. I can't believe if it. If you listen to the rewatchables episode about this movie, and mm-hmm. you talk about Karate Kid, where like they're just talking about everything Daniel San does, like, and you're just kind of like, this kid kind of sucks, because it's not like he's just dealing with like teenage angst. It's like, you know, he just he's like antagonizing really- them. He's really antagonizingly big for his britches, you know, to use like a yeah. very 1800s term. Um, I, well, like, there's... No one, no one's worn britches in like over 100 years, but I'm just going to bring it back. Like this kid just shows up in California and is like, I'm going to take your girlfriend, even though like, to be fair, they're broken up. So that that part's kind of like iffy to me about like hit like cobra kai kid being like she's my property it's like no you guys broke up 
Um, she is not your property. She, first of all, she wasn't your property to begin with, but it's like, it's not like my boyfriend being like, you can't hit on this girl. She's my girlfriend. And like a girl and a guy breaking up and the guy being like, she's still mine. Um, you guys broke up, but yeah, I can't, it's just frustrating. Like, it's just frustrating to watch. Cause it's like, he makes things something that's like hard for me to like with shows is like when characters, I know it's part of a lot of plots, but like, for example, we've been watching Silicon Valley and these characters just make it, make everything so hard for themselves. Like they get in their own ways, literally every single episode to the point where I decided that we can only watch like a couple episodes a week because it gets so frustrating at a certain point of watching these guys continuously set themselves back and like be the like be the inhibitors of their own success it's just infuriating and i kind of feel like if daniel san wasn't like such a like everything would have been so much easier for him like he could have done karate and not been in like a blood feud with the cobra kai guys i'm never gonna forget this yeah this is just (laughs) this is your this is your 42 yep yep, i'm I'm appalled (laughs) disturbed and flat out i was i was run amok (laughs) led astray and flat out deceived that's what happened to me on the podcast today oh my the other the other scene in that movie too is like when when daniel um you know he pours the water on johnny lawrence you gotta weigh risk reward a little bit here right so he pours the water on this guy which is gonna like slightly inconvenience him and then rather than just like you know go back to the party and just kind of blend in and act like it wasn't you he instead goes like running by the other people in the cobra kai screaming his head off he runs through traffic and causes an accident. And then he, like, if he, if, at least if he stayed at the party, like, they might beat him up or something, but people are going to break it up. And he runs through, like, the most secluded field in all of California. Like, what are you doing, man? Like, everything he did there was, like, not a good decision. This is just yeah, distressing. I, don't, I, I can't believe it. It's this. another one of those cinematic things where you're like, this is totally not what should, like, if you were a rational thinker, like, exactly what you said, you would have stayed at the party and, like, acted low-key about it and like protected yourself and instead you're like willingly putting yourself it's the whole thing of just getting in your own way being your own worst enemy and like not so much like avoidable stuff which obviously is the whole point like it's a movie it's not real life but it's gotten like hard for me to watch this movie all the way through because i'm like this kid just kind of (laughs) sucks is unbelievable i can't believe uh, this this is sorry, like uh, you guys I, I can't actually at some point here i can't actually do anything i will angry tweet you guys all week i, I i'm never gonna get over this i can't Dude, I, already get like enough, my, I, get, I already get enough of that every single day so bring it on that's true that's true <laughs> yeah. but still uh you don't get it get it from me and my stupid looking avatar right so it's different also oh, you lost shit. the karate kid i lost jackie robinson like let's not all compare right. our pain. No, 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 i don't want to compare for it no, let's not get into that let's not get into that Oh my gosh! Yeah. Fine, I'm I'm coming for both of you guys. All right, I can't believe Fair this. <laughs> I'm sorry, Walter Matthau this... just makes me think of my grandfather. So it's just like you were you were leading into it. You were being I like, know, oh, you know, I this know, stuff. But I realized then, I couldn't like, do it. You know, it. like I, my <laughs> conscience just couldn't let me do it. I couldn't do it. I'm sorry. I've I've been there a couple of times. Brian Song and Invictus in the first round. That that still keeps me up at night. Mm. Yeah. But uh, both great movies. You but, guys, uh, you guys exiting forty two in the first round still keeps me up at night. So, 
All right. So one more. Hopefully uh, nobody gets their heart broken here. But we've got number 10. (laughs) Oh, yeah, absolutely. Go for it. All right. So we've got number 10, the water boy versus uh, I can't even. Was it number two or three? Caddyshack? Two. Two, yep. Yeah, it's blurry on my uh, screen. That's why. So this one is just so funny to me because Waterboy is one of Adam Sandler's like good movies. Um, he like I think I don't think he's as bad of an actor in a lot of movies as people think. But I also wouldn't say that all of his movies. I w- also wouldn't say that he's like a prolific actor. Um, but Waterboy is one of those movies of his that I actually like and, you know, can watch um, and not just like groan at the screen outwardly. Um, that being said, I don't think you can compare like put Waterboy and Caddyshack on the same level in terms of the fact that Caddyshack is just such an absolute coke fueled like hodgepodge of ridiculousness and it shouldn't work at all but it does um it basically doesn't really have a plot and yet it kind of has like seven little plots the um bill murray versus the gopher is just like the funniest thing ever and um like it's just one of those movies that's totally unique there is nothing else like it on this bracket i can't really think of anything else like this in general and just based on the fact that it shouldn't work and completely does like it, it really has like, you don't really understand. Like you kind of watch the movie and you're like, okay, so I'm, I keep waiting for there to be like a a major plot and there just isn't one. Like, I guess the golf tournament kind of, but it's just such a wonderful, like kind of menagerie of like, random nothingness that comes together to make like a really funny movie and it like it just has to move on in my point like it in in my in my view because it just it's so epically odd <laughs> i guess yeah. Is the word. yeah yeah it doesn't really remind you of anything else you know no i mean the closest thing to it is happy gilmore um and even Happy Gilmore, like Happy Gilmore has like a huge plot. Yeah. There's like, you know, a beginning, a climax, a resolution. Um, and this one's just like, you're just kind of like, you know, watching different things happen throughout the movie. And you're like, this is just crazy. This is so wacky, um, yeah. but wonderfully so, so. No, I mean, like, no disrespect to the Waterboy, great movie, but Caddyshack is just, like, I mean, it's a, there's a reason it's one of the, like, greatest movies of, of like, all time um, from a comedy standpoint, and, uh, yeah. All right. Uh, Javi, you want to go next? Yeah, I guess I should, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um... <laughs> Javi's uh, still mad. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, right. I mean, if you need to cool off a little longer, right, I can go. <laughs> do I need to cool off? I, do I need to hit the showers? <laughs> oh, cool man. off, kid. We'll see you in like seven hours to just like record this one last movie on the side of the bracket. <laughs> it's like literally that scene in the sports. With, hey, cool off, man. Like like when the teammates get into a fight. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let me just try and breathe a little bit master the four elements here we go meditate there we go sage here we go okay all right i'm back i'm back so caddyshack and the water boy um 
I, I remember we talked about how Waterboy was like, you really do root for him. Like they're so mean to him in that movie. And it's like, it, it kind of takes you back. And Caddyshack just has a, a real chaotic energy to it that I don't think I'd argue maybe like maybe a couple of sports movies on this bracket have um, maybe Tin Cup for the wrong reasons might have it, but not to the same degree. Um, I'm sorry, not Tin Cup because Tin Cup, as we all know, no, no longer exists. I was like, wait, what? Um, yeah, yeah, my mistake, my mistake. Uh, I'm still a little bit flummoxed, guys. So hold on. Uh, I think that, like I said, when I did my my um, Roddy Dangerfield impersonation, it's just the the lines he has in this movie. The like, oh hey, hey this is my friend, Mister Wang. No offense. This is it's just so stupid. Like I it's so stupid, but it works, you know. And it's one of those movies that I think we talked about how like the stupidity of it, we kind of get why this is one of those movies that when it came out, why it must have or why it might not have been uh critically acclaimed. Like I do get it, you know what I mean? This isn't one of those things where if you hated Caddyshack where it came out, that I'd be like, Oh yeah, you're wow, you really got that wrong. No, this isn't like the Godfather. Like, this is one of those movies where when it came out. Maybe it's just people didn't realize exactly what it was going for. Um, it's built. It's just even the little little gopher guy is cute. Like he's so look at the little gopher. Like it's just a cute little thing that he's like trying to trying to hunt down. It's it's so stupid, so dumb, but I just think it works somehow. Uh, maybe it's. Not, I don't even know if it's a good movie. I just think that it's a movie that's that's entertaining and is the definition of entertaining uh, in terms of like a comedy that's just bat off the walls. You know. Um, yeah. Not to curse or anything, but it's just it, it's it's good, man. And uh, Waterboy, while I got love for it, I don't think it's been a while since I've seen it. I just don't quite think that there are too many scenes aside from Adam Sandler. Like people, when they say Waterboy, they think, oh, yeah, Adam Sandler movie. When you say Caddyshack, I feel like there's there's a bit more that comes to mind for that movie, a bit more of its style and its personality that comes to mind. Was Waterboy is just kind of the, oh, uh, yeah, another Adam Sandler movie that was we kind of have some love for. So, yeah, I'm going with a uh, cash check on this one. All right. Um, this is closer for me than it is for both of you, I think. But I'm going to give Caddyshack a little bit of an edge here. Um, I watched both of these very recently. In fact, last night and this morning, uh, this morning I watched The Waterboy. The line from that movie that just made me just laugh out loud. I don't, I don't even know why, but it's the part where his mom is like recovering and she's showing him the letters that she had received from his dad. And Bobby's reading the letter and he goes, dear Helen. And he goes who's Helen? And she looks at him and she's just like, that's my first name, Bobby. Like, I don't know why, for whatever reason, that, that line really cracked me up. And, you know, we've mentioned this before, the last episode and also this episode, uh, you do root for him. You know, you do want to see him succeed and you do want to see him stand for himself and, you know, basically just knock these guys on their asses that are, that are giving him so much trouble. Um, but Caddyshack, it's, I really like Caddyshack. I will say that I think most people probably think it's funnier than I do. Like, I can remember watching this, like, in a group of people. And, like, you've got that scene with the chocolate bar in the pool. And, like, I laugh, but, like, I'm surrounded by people who are, like, losing their mind. And I'm just, like, it's kind of funny. I don't know. Like, I know it's a Jaws parody and everything. But, um, yeah, I mean, for Caddyshack, for as much as it shouldn't work, it's like we were saying, it does work. All the characters kind of get their moment to shine. I kind of wish we had a little bit more of, of Bill Murray, like, interacting with, like, I don't think him and Rodney Dangerfield ever even meet each other in this movie, do they? I don't think they do. Maybe they, they're, like, on the golf course. But I haven't the same, watched it in a little while. 
I think maybe yeah. he looks at him from a distance, like at the very end when the whole thing explodes or whatever the heck happens. Yeah, yeah. Maybe there's maybe he's like sees him, but I don't think they interact specifically in this movie. Yeah, I just I just feel like that's a missed opportunity. And and then I think I saw something where um even Bill Murray and Chevy Chase never crossed paths either until that scene. Well, that that's that's probably to Bill Murray's benefit. Let's be honest. <laughs> yeah. Well, they, they they had some beef going back to Saturday Night Live, right? I don't know the whole yeah. story there. I yeah. think Chevy did. Chase is like a very disliked guy. Um, He's so disliked he wasn't on the Community Zoom call. Yeah, which oh, wow. actually I've been rewatching Community. So like mm. I rewatch Community by myself, and then my boyfriend and I have been rewatch have been watching Silicon Valley, um, and it. I mean, Community is not like a super old show. The stuff that Chevy Chase says on Community, like so much, like like so many gay jokes, racist mm-hmm. stuff, um, Islamophobic stuff. I'm like, how was this character even written? It's it's <laughs> crazy to me. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you're, so, I'm like surprised that his character even lasted that as long as it did on the show because he's just so not okay. It's I was like. I I watched the first like couple seasons of it, you know, at the time that it was out, like airing. I forgot how unlikable his character is. Um, yeah. It's crazy. I've also yeah. noticed. Um, I don't know. I don't know if you guys have ever seen Caddyshack too. I never have. I've heard it's terrible. But Chevy Chase is the only one back, as far as I can tell from the main cast here. And I'm. Just, I have no idea. I, I don't know the story behind this, but I'm just wondering if like maybe certain people didn't want to be in a movie with him again i mean i don't know i'm just throwing it out there do you guys have any thoughts on caddyshack 2 have you seen it i haven't seen seen it it. i have not seen it from what i hear we're not missing anything i mean maybe eventually i'll watch it just out of curiosity but yeah Mm -hmm. from what i hear it was it was pretty fairly universally disliked but uh yeah i guess caddyshack with the sweep here All right, so that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers. Once again, a big thanks to Gabrielle Starr of Locked On Red Sox and Javier Reyes of Locked On Padres for continuing to do this project with me. Uh, The three of us are obviously having a lot of fun going through these brackets, going through these matchups, creating controversy, and, and just settling once and for all the debate of the greatest sports movie of all time. And a big thanks to you guys for continuing to tune in and enjoy this adventure right along with us. So... Once again, thanks for tuning in today, guys. If you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Feel free to send me an email and weigh in a little bit on the sports movie brackets. Let me know what your Final Fours would be. Let me know what maybe one or two of your Cinderella teams might be as well. We'd love to get some feedback. You know, do you agree with a lot of our picks? Do you disagree with certain picks? Uh, yeah, we'd just love to hear from you guys. So, Definitely feel free to go ahead and send an email and definitely give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Now go ahead and tell your smart device to play the latest edition of Locked On NHL. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time.